I'm going to be drinking my... Uh, Are you drinking double. cough medicine straight out of the bottle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I did just take... It wasn't cough medicine, but I actually broke and took some decongestant stuff. Cool. I never tried to make it. You know what? Let's start the episode because you look a bit goofy and this is going to be fun, I think. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <sighs> Uh, okay. I'll try not to cough. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Belgarian and Beyond podcast. We're up to ch- episode 20, chapter 20 of The Porn of Prophecy in the Belgarian series of books. Uh, my name is Sondra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe. I'm here with my podcasting partner, Alicia Seymour. Hi, Alicia. Hi. <laughs> I'm, glad. I'm glad to be here. You know, I was just looking at the, the date that you updated. I forgot to update the date on the, on the sheet, but I was looking at it. And it hit me that today is my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Alicia's dad. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's going to be a, a celebration tonight for that. Are you going yeah, to the Yeah, we're going to just have like a dinner with my parents at their house. And, you know, Where are we're you? Gonna do a big celebration. It's good that you don't drink alcohol anymore because you look wasted. <laughs> <laughs> do I? Just, just so that you, you it, I mean, you don't have the don't feel. listeners don't have the privilege of seeing your gorgeous face on video while we're recording, but I do. And <laughs> Alicia has a little cold of people. <laughs> She's a little bit out of it. It's adorable. I think it's the um, more than the medicine I just took. I think it's that my nose has my eyes feeling like yeah. so my eyes are kind of just hot. Squinting, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, your eyes get puffy. It's doing the big squinty, blinky thing like that you do when you're trying to focus your eyes because you had too many drinks. Yeah. Well, this kombucha has like the slightest, just the slightest drop of alcohol. Not enough, but I, I don't usually take decongestant stuff. I usually avoid it. But today I was like, I need to get my stuff done. I don't want to be just sleeping the day off again, which is what I did yesterday. So I broke and, and went and bought yeah. <laughs> Okay. So why don't you tell us what's in the operation today? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually I put a magically sweet tea with starlight inside um, because first of all, my headaches are gone that I was suffering from I talked about last week. So seriously magical. Yeah. And I think the the last step was giving up coffee, which was, you know, I had to pull my teeth out to get me to do it, but I did. I haven't had it since the last time we spoke. So And that's that's the only thing that you changed? (sighs) Yeah, that and just continuing on like letting them you know, my mind be in a better place. And uh, so it's been really nice to have my head back. Yeah. Of course, then I got sick, like, (laughs) shortly after. Take it away again. You know, that's the, you have kids, that's the way it goes. They were sick first. Now I have it. So, but the other thing I was working on that was really fun was, because I finished the first draft of my book I'm working on. (gasps) So because it's the second in a series, right? Yeah. And I'm at my podcast, I, I do the Story Guide podcast. I'm actually reading chapter by chapter through the first book right now. And so as I'm reading through it, I'm realizing in the second draft, I left out like a lot of the little detail stuff because I wrote this book like six, seven years ago. I didn't do the traditional way of writing a series. I, you know, I want to do it differently, <laughs> not by choice, but I just happened to do it that way. So my memory is coming back to me like, oh man, I didn't even, I forgot, like I forgot like eye colors were extremely different and other little things that like I need to start feeding this in throughout the book. So I went and did a spreadsheet, all the things as I'm, I, I read my whole first book myself and then I added everything that I know I need to continue to add in part two. 
and I did a spreadsheet for each chapter. And I went through that list for each chapter and said, okay, I do want to put this one in this chapter, you know? So for each chapter now I have, as I go through the, the draft again, I can add this stuff in for each chapter that needs to be there. You dirty so seductress. Was- you know how much I love a spreadsheet. <laughs> I know. I was thinking of that when I uh, wrote that. So I don't like spreadsheets, but when I'm using them in my books, I have to say I don't mind at all. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Oh, good on you. There's some other stuff, but I don't want to take up too much time. I might save it for the next episode. Okay, no worries. Well, yeah. my potion is a muddled little shot of slippery nipple. <laughs> and I don't, do you know what a slippery nipple is? It's a type of drink, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a liqueur shot of baileys floated on top of sambuca in layers so it's, you get a little shot glass you put sambuca in it and then you float a shot of baileys on top of that and it's oh, bloody delicious yeah. but mine is not floating into separate layers this week mine is all muddled up that looks a bit gross <laughs> i'm sure it yeah. tastes lovely but it doesn't look very good. And it's because I'm, I'm, I'm starting these new pro, this new project, teaching mainly um, like a therapeutic guided meditation, but also like personal practice, like personal spiritual practice as the basis for everything else that you do, no matter what kind of work you do. If you have a robust personal spiritual practice, then everything else, you know, is just better um and you know that that's true mm-hmm. because that's what we do we look after ourselves and it ripples out into our lives and so these are the things that i'm thinking of teaching and so if it in one instance like i make the decision and everything seems clear and straightforward and like yep this is the right thing all the stars are lined up, all the cards are lined up, all of the signals I'm getting are like, yep, yep, yep. And then in the next instant, everything is like the opposite. And like, we had this conversation last week, didn't we? Where I was, I was going to bite the bullet and do all the hard things that I thought I needed to do at that point. And then I did some self inquiry and things turned around like to completely the opposite direction and felt really good. And so I, it feels like I am a split person this last week. This feels right. And then this feels right. And they both feel equally right. And all of the signals that I'm getting could be taken as either this one or that one. So I'm looking forward to Prophecy Speaks this week because I've, I, last week I did it. And I meant to listen back to the prophecy that we did last week. And I can probably talk about this in Prophecy Speaks later on. In fact, I'll leave it till then. But yeah, it's just muddled this week. Yeah, it, it sounds a lot like what I was going through with the, um, remember when I'd be back and forth so much on like, I don't know if it's supposed to be these people or these people that I'm supposed to be working with. And then it, it turned out that I wasn't supposed to be doing coaching at all. <laughs> That's why it was I'm so just like almost like so over it and really... Like today I had a few moments where I just relaxed and let go and decided I didn't need to make any decisions. I would just do what I did and see where I ended up. And thank goodness I have a partner that I can talk to and bounce things off of and who offers me different perspectives. Well, The thing that was interesting is that I remember last week you mentioning like the universe was shouting at you like to not, you know. you know and then um you know it's it's all in your own decision like what feels good to you you know but um I probably would have had a really hard time just me personally because I'm really stubborn headed (laughs) so I would have just taken that and like okay I'm not supposed to do this you know but I think that there's just some confusion still that (laughs) that's coming up because there's a decision that you haven't yet made that you need to make, whether. Well, that's always the case, isn't it? When, once you make the decision, things all become really clear and peaceful. 
it's the the toing and froing that's, that's what happened for me but see for me the two decisions i was stuck between had nothing to do with the actual decision i needed to make right <laughs> yeah that's right so it might be the same for you maybe there's some other com- d- decision that's tied to it well i have a a new perspective that my beautiful pixie has offered this mm-hmm. evening just so i'll have a think about that just coming at like the whole thing sideways yeah so that'll be and this is really vague kind of esoteric conversation and i don't know if any of this makes any sense i may cut it all out of the podcast we'll see i don't generally cut things out (laughs) anyway let's get into garion's view tell us about the chapter we're talking about today So they take Garion, um, they meaning Wolf and Aunt Paul, take Garion up to Enix's study um, where the, he wanted to speak with them. And Aunt Paul tells him that, sorry, Garion has to be here because I'm not going to let him out of my sight anymore. And we see his office is just this big disarray of like papers and books and weird machines uh, everywhere. I don't know if machines is the right word, but like contraptions and stuff. So they have like a little conversation in there. And then they decide, you know, that it's time to leave. So they head down to the ships. And on the way down, they have another um, encounter with Marche. Is that how you say her name? Marche, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, with a, you know, an interesting twist to it at the end. <laughs> that's the end of the chapter. It's that little twist. So. <sighs> Pretty much. <laughs> So yeah, it was a pretty short chapter this week. Yeah, it was really short. I'm Which... glad because I had intended to read it yesterday, but then I was sleeping <laughs> all day. So I just read it this morning. Oh, seriously, honey, but... I can't wait for you to see this video. Could you? <laughs> 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 okay, let's just get on with it because I don't know how long Alicia's actually going to last. <laughs> so let me put okay. my book on. Okay, yeah, so it starts off uh, describing King Anag's study. Yep. What did you think about the um like did you get a kind of a different perspective of King Anag when You know what? what? <sighs> it's funny you bring this up because the way this chapter started oof, I just got like a rush of the stuff running in my system. <laughs> <laughs> um so the way it started, it um, made me, I almost wondered at first second if it was from, I know it's not from Garion's point of view necessarily, but we're basically hearing the story from Garion. Like, we don't see anything that Garion doesn't see. The way this chapter started, I almost thought was going to be somebody else's point of view in that respect. But then I saw, it? Oh, yeah, because I, I remembered that Keenanek just asked for, Polgara and Wolf to come. Uh, so yeah. the fact that we were even seeing inside the study, I was like, wait, McGarion wouldn't be there, but then he was. But then the other thing was throughout this chapter, though, I st- I was waiting at the end of the chapter, honestly, for um, King Anag to like turn evil all of a sudden. I was just getting really? Yeah, <laughs> it didn't happen. But what made you think uh, that he might? I don't know. It's just the way all the stuff in his office, you know, we can get all to more of that later, but, and then the way he approached Garion at the end of the chapter just felt like one of those twists where he would suddenly like be able to disappear with Garion and then be gone, you know? Oh, cool. That I did have a different perspective of him. That was it though. And I was wrong. At least you thought he might be a bad guy. Yeah, I thought maybe he was actually the one bringing the, the what do you call them, Grollums or yeah. whatever they are, uh, into the city. Like Ooh. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, let me just assure everyone that he didn't. He's not a bad guy. Okay. But the thing that I find juxtaposed at the start of this chapter is King Arneg is now portrayed as a scholarly person in the middle of right. his study with all of these different books and, um, as you say, contraptions, like different different little gadgets and 
intricately drawn maps and beautiful illuminations and you know pages everywhere with tiny writing all over it that he's that he it is his handwriting and when they come in he's poring over this old manuscript and just the he's been portrayed as a scholarly person when all the way to now he's been kind of this rough and ready monarch with a dented crown one of the points missing you know rumpled clothes and I really like that there's there's this this deeper part to him I love that yeah yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, it's interesting. And then the fact too that Aunt Paul seems like so against him reading all of this stuff. She calls it like foolishness. Well, I think that it's not the first time uh, it's there's been a comment on Aunt Paul's opinion of reading. I mean, the fact that remember she didn't. Gary has never been taught how to read or write, and you remember way back, Mister Wolf getting really quite miffed at the fact, like really indignant about the fact that Aunt Paul hadn't taught Gary how to read and he made a, some sort of comment that oh, she doesn't see much point in it but she and I had that conversation a long time ago so there's that's a bit of true. that here I think that's what that's about right I forgot about that stuff it's <laughs> okay um, I'm not surprised <laughs> today I'm amazed you remember your own name uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> my, my dogs are over here too now Oh, that's okay. I, I was just laughing because my, um, the, the puppy that we got, she tries to fit into the bed of the little dog. Yeah. And she's already grown big now. So she's just like half in the bed and the, the rest of her is like this. <laughs> out of bed. So I just looked over at her and I was just trying hard not to laugh. <laughs> you don't have to not laugh, honey. This is actually. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, so they go in and Gary and sort of, hovering at the door but then Aunt Paul says nope nope where I go he goes and and then it's a little bit vague but he says to Wolf he sort of gestures around him this helpless gesture at everything all the books and the confusion and the mess and says like I I have a feeling I would have been happier if um you'd never introduced me to this task um, to Mr. Wolf, and he's Mr. Wolf says, "Well, you asked me," and Arnig says, "You could have said no." So, right, right. But I mean, I, I don't. I'm not clear what that is, what this task is, and I can't remember if I ever found out. I can't recall in this instant that I ever found out. But I mean, I guess that's sometimes it's nice to have a mystery that you don't know the answer to, <laughs> that you're kind of left wondering. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of just thought it was like something related to what they're they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Like he's helping them some way, you know. And I guess it sort of helps build that deeper character of Arneg, you know, that he and Balgareth have this other relationship involved in this, you know, other more scholarly persona that we've just discovered that King Arneg has. So Right. Yeah. And so um, and then he's, he's sort of, you can see by his, 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 the way that he sort of looks at Garion and starts to speak in, it says in, in an obviously oblique manner. What did you think of that? Well, is this on like the second page of the chapter? Looking Pretty at? much, yeah. Um, he's talking to Garion, you said. No, so he, he starts talking, he sort of looks at Garion and then he starts to talk to, in a, in a kind of a, it says an obviously oblique manner. And then Garion moves away from Aunt Paul just to kind of study the machines and stuff to sort of almost like he's going to give them some privacy, but eavesdrop on whatever they're talking about. And then Arneg starts to talk about a thing that Mr. Wolf and Polgara have been protecting for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. I just assumed that that was like the orb and the whatever weapon it's attached to okay and i feel like that's i guess that's why i figured the task he was assigned is somehow related to that Uh, okay but yeah i mean i i didn't think too much of it other than you know it seems like the same kind of reference they've been making throughout the book is like this secret thing they're protecting ah okay 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 so i didn't think anything other than that 
So, so here where it says, he's talked about the rumors that you and your father, he's talking to Aunt Paul, you and your father have been protecting this thing that must be protected uh, at all costs for a very long time. And then Anik says, if these rumors I mentioned are true, aren't you taking some serious risks? Your search is likely to be very dangerous. And then he sort of says, why don't you leave the thing in my care? Mm -hmm. What do you make of that? I don't know. I just, maybe he's talking about Garion. <laughs> the thing though, I don't know. Um, that's another line though that made me kind of question where his loyalties really were. Because I'm like, is he trying to like take it for his own power or something? You know? Uh. But yeah, I'm not sure. I still just thought it was related to whoever they've been following. Okay, so you think it, but you thought it might be Gary. Now that I'm... Well, now that I heard you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like he's trying to be vague maybe so Gary don't, doesn't figure out they're talking about him by using the word thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A certain thing in my hair. <clears throat> but, you know, I don't know what else it could be if, if not Gary in at this point. Okay, so, and then... There's a little piece here about a book that Garion picks up, a small book, strangely textured black leather. And then he opens it up and he can't read it, but there's like a spidery looking script in there that seems strangely repulsive and Aunt Paul, <laughs> like just eyes in the back of her head like all mothers do. What are you doing? Put that down. Uh -huh. And then... Um, King Arneg um, makes a comment. It's written in Old Angorak. Now, remember, the Angoraks are Torax people. They're the Murgos and the Grollams. I could have put this in my magic part, but he, he they sort of talk about it um, having power, mm -hmm. the book. Greg, did you catch that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just picked it up because Wolf and Aunt Paul seem to have different ideas about this whole thing. Like, he keeps telling her it's only a book. Um, Anag's kind of defending that, but she is saying, like, you can't know what's in Torak's mind. It's dangerous to open yourself up to him. So that so, would imply that Torak wrote the book. Yeah, or that it's, like, of his people and he can use those to, like, somehow manipulate your mind or something if you start reading it. Okay, yep, yep. Or, oh, it does make the reference here. The Traps in Torax book. Right. So, but anyway, and then Aneg turns to Gary and just says, thank you. You know, you've done me a service today with, in reference, I think, to the Earl of Jarbeck and that whole man with the green cloak, Palaba. And, you know, he just says, yeah. you, know, you can call me a friend anytime. So what are we going to say? This is, yeah, this is the moment where I thought, like, he was literally going to, like, turn <laughs> like do really? you want to turn from good to evil oh wow i don't know why i guess i'm just you know that's typical uh action fantasy stories usually the unexpected twist and i guess we're very very near the end of this book like i think there's yeah. one more chapter and we're at the end of the book the first book right and that's what yeah i think that's why too i was like something's gotta happen that we're not expecting. Okay, so, well, something did happen that we weren't expecting. Do you want to go on with that? Oh. After this part? <laughs> oh. The, um, you're talking about when he notices the mark on his hand? Yeah, so he puts his hand out to Gary to shake his hand to say thank you. You just know that King Arnig of Cherk is your friend and puts his hand yeah. out, like, to shake his hand. Right, and then he sees the mark. Yeah. His birthmark. And has a strange reaction to it. Like he gets all pale, like he's going to faint. And, and he says, it's true then. Mm -hmm. You know, so then Garion's like, what's true? <laughs> um, but Aunt Paul cuts it off before anything can happen. You know, so then yeah, Garion reaches over and closes Garion's hand. Yeah. And says, come right. on, we need to go and pack. <laughs> yeah. And so that's like where the scene ends. It just ends with Garion's mind like, yeah. I have to know what's, what's happening. Why does this keep coming up? Why won't she yeah. tell me what it really means? Yeah. 
and then it just he doesn't right say anything. Head. He just says this is just in his head. He's thinking, right. this, but he doesn't say anything about it. Yeah. And then, like the next lines are just about the next morning. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so straight over there, and it's almost like I don't know. There's some kind of like he's a teenage boy, and there's all of this weirdness going on, and all of a sudden, this reaction to the mark on his hand, which we haven't heard about since like forever, right? And like, one would, I mean, does a boy walk around with his hands closed or in his pockets all the time that no one else has noticed? Yeah, that's a strange thing. It's, it's like it's on his hand. It's not hidden. I mean, I don't no, see Or how. is it just that, you know, people don't tend to pay attention to kids? Yeah. I mean, kings for sure probably don't. But yeah, if he'd always been wondering, if he's always been wondering if it's true, you think he'd be trying to, like, sneak a look at his hand the whole time or something, right? Yeah, so it's – anyway, so this, this just, like – stretches my suspension of disbelief just a little bit Um, but you know uh, I can see how it's all possible but then yes that's straight on to the next morning and I mean also we've got to remember that Polgar is a sorceress and Belgrath is a sorceress so yeah maybe there's a little bit of shimmery shammery shenanigans going on there to make people just not pay attention I don't know um that's true they're in their heads or something like just masking the those thoughts like don't even be (laughs) so they're off in the sleighs off to the boats the next morning and oh there's another little there's a farewell scene between meryl and barrack (laughs) 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 which is exactly as you think it would be yeah pretty cold and distant and you know that's that and like silk is noticing garion is extra quiet kind of moody and so he kind of confides in silk a little bit that you know there's yeah, a lot of a lovely relationship him. don't they developing silk and garion yeah he's almost kind of becoming that parental figure that i think he kind of I don't even know if that, maybe more like a big brother. I was going to say, no, I would go uncle or big brother. Like it, just yeah. that, that step more casual or more open than you would have with a parent perhaps. Yeah. And then I, the, the little chime in from Hetar was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It compares events to horses. <laughs> so sometimes they run away. After they've run for a while, though, they'll start to walk again. Then there'll be time to put everything together. Yeah, so he's sort of giving Garion advice about the thoughts whirling through his head as well because Garion's sort of, there's so much happened and there's so much I don't understand. And so Hedhar gets all philosophical with him. (laughs) Yeah, that was an interesting comparison. And I think yeah, we can tell right away that Hetar's sort of right in with the rest of them now. It's like an instant intimacy almost. Yeah. So then it moves right into the uh, interaction with the blind woman. Mm-hmm. So they're going past the where Marcha is on the on the broad square before in front of the Temple of Bella, and the blind marches there again. And Garion real Garion sort of has been half expecting her, but he didn't realise he had been. Yeah. It was almost like he's building his intuitions growing. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting more insightful and like uh, I forget the word you use, but like to pre premonition stuff. Yeah. And she uh, so raises her can... staff and the horses stop. Just like magic. <laughs> right. And she starts talking to Garion again as the great one. And he actually this time asks her, like, why do you call me that? And she doesn't tell him, but she, she mentions something about when you come into your inheritance, remember me. Yep, yep. So now Garion's like, inheritance, what? You know? And this is where Aunt Paul jumps in to, like, cut it off before any, anything else can be said, I think. Yeah, well, like, Barak and King Arneg are, like, trying to get out of the sleigh and get their swords oh, yeah. out. They're, they're ready to, like, chop this woman to pieces. very angry. Well, I yeah. understand why Barak's angry because of her prophecy to him mm-hmm. earlier, you know. 
But yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, so Why would they be so angry with this? I know. Like, what? But is it is it such a secret that saying this stuff out loud is like? Well, I'm wondering if she, because we know that she's told Beric stuff, so maybe she said stuff to King Anik too, like oh. about him personally. Yeah, we don't know that. And then maybe. So I mean, you're thinking it's personal? Yeah, I think maybe it's a mixture personal uh but also like they're trying to protect gary and i don't know if they know what his inheritance is okay so continue with what aunt pole does because i i want to know what you think about this she cuts off the lady like she's yelling at her like no or no she she yells to the, the men she's like no i'll tend to this you know so then she uh, approaches, I'm sorry, my dogs are fighting. She approaches um, <laughs> Marche and she calls her a witch woman and says, you know, I think you see too much with those blind eyes. So I'm going to do you a favor. And then the woman's like all bold and brave, ready to be killed, you know, like, if you will, strike me down. And this is where Aunt Paul and I, I sensed this coming too, though, because, you know, she's a blind woman. Yeah. And so she basically, you know, uses her magic as a sorceress to give the woman her eyesight back. She's like, I'm not going to take anything from you. I'm going to give you a gift. Um, and of course, this apparently takes away, like, the woman's ability to see whatever <clears throat> yeah whatever other sense she was using and the way it's described is gary and can't pretend that it hasn't happened because he stood there and watched the milky film drain from march's eyes like milk inside a glass and all of a sudden she was right. bright blue eyes right at the sight of her own hands and the sunlight yeah and that's, and that's, and Queen Porin has a moment of like, how did you do that? You know, she's the one that's always been like fascinated, right? Trying oh, to be. Aslina. Queen, Queen, Aslina. Queen Aslina. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Queen Aslina is the one that seems really fascinated by it. Right? Yeah. And Aunt Paul's and quite this... dismissive. Oh, it's easy. Can't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they just have that short conversation of like, so she's not a witch anymore. And she's like, and, oh, and this is where Queen Porin. So Queen Porin is questioning her about more closely about exactly um, what will happen now she has her eyes back. Mm -hmm. And Queen Oslina's got a bit faint <laughs> in next yeah. to Pogara is like quite dismissive, you know. <gasps> Porin's like, but with her eyes restored, she'll lose that other vision. And um, Paul's like, yeah, I imagine so, but that's a small price to pay, don't you think? Like, look how generous I've been. Right. And but uh, then I love, I love how it ends though, with um, Silk's, <laughs> Silk's comment of like, I'm sorry if you hear my dog. She won't. Oh, it's okay. okay. She, he he basically says what what I was thinking as this was all happening is that like the beneficiary wasn't very pleased with it though no march was like anguished <laughs> screaming in anguish the fact that he makes a comment of like remind me not to offend polgara you know <laughs> i don't want any kind of spell like that done to me yeah oh, and it's beautiful the it is a lovely little piece of text and i'll just i'll just read it to finish yeah. out the chapter i gather however that the beneficiary was not very pleased with it, Silk said dryly. Remind me not to offend Polgara. Her miracles seem to have two edges to them. Mm -hmm. Right. And you should did it. Like, I felt her spitefulness as she did that. It's kind of like, geez. Yeah. You should just let the woman go. You have to do that and, like, ruin the rest of her life. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I totally get that because I do more out of irritation <laughs> than real anger. <laughs> like right. I will react more vociferously <laughs> to just being irritated. Vociferous, <sighs> is that yeah. the right word? I have to make a note and look that up. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
Okay, sweetie. You got dogs fighting. Yeah, well, my dog just peed on the carpet again. Oh, dang. Oh, brat. I don't have patience with puppies and potty training. (laughs) So the (laughs) fact that I'm the one that has to do it is like, every time I see her, I just want to like go. Speaking of irritation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that was a chapter though. So really short. So let's get straight into personal insight. We'll just have a short and sweet episode this week. Well, yeah, don't forget the magic. Oh, magic. Magic. Yes, magic. So my magic was I wrote Garion's birthmark because I totally forgot about the power that they were talking about the book having, which I would totally have. As as we were talking about the chapter, I went, oh, that's the magic that was chosen. But I'll I'll go with what I wrote down. Garion's birthmark seems to have like it's it's, in, it's inherited from his father. So it's in his bloodline, whatever this bloodline is, and seems to be very important. And the fact that we don't hear about it a lot, even though it's something that's on his hand, like you never hear him thinking about it or commenting about it. Nobody ever seems to see it, and so. There seems to be this kind of magic about it that's kind of disguised or secret or or not not secret but but not obvious and i I really like that kind of unobvious magic where it's there all the time, but you know people just tend to overlook it yeah, that's a good one it's true like i I didn't even give it a second thought since it's been mentioned, you know. My magic was, I picked the obvious, which was Aunt Paul giving Marcia her sight back. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm going to pause this for a second. Yeah, no worries. You want this dog. Okay, they're outside. And <laughs> <laughs> How did that feel? <laughs> Good. It's like, it's like I have two kids when my two kids are at school now. How fun is that? I'm just astonished by the amount of, I'm sorry, I have to comment about the state of my nose. I'm very glad that this is a podcast and you can't actually see my, my nose right now. Although maybe one day we'll release these to patrons or something, but oh my, I have, I have like a pimple up the inside of my nostril and it's like my whole nose feels like it's going to explode. Oh, and it's so painful. And I'm just looking at myself and it's just bigger and I look like Rudolph. No, I can't even tell on this end at all. Yeah, those are painful. Like inside your nose. So freaking painful. It's ridiculous. They hurt, yeah. Um, So yeah, I don't know if I finished my thought, but yeah, my magic was (laughs) (laughs) Um, Aunt Paul giving March her sight back because that seems like a lot of power to have um, it does doesn't it like just inconsequential just bloop, have your sight back right so easy so quick hmm. but that was mine okay so uh personal insight how would you go with that okay so i chose king arnig in his study and the way he laments the initial curiosity that sent him down the rabbit hole of study, that little, just that little exchange he has with Wolf. Because I have lost entire days down the rabbit hole with being just a, just a little curiosity about, or I ask a question or, you know, oh, what's this answer? And all of a sudden, you know, the magic of the internet and blip, 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 blip. And you end up like, in all of these weird and wonderful places, but you know, and then at the end of it, sometimes I wonder if I answered any <laughs> original questions that I had. Um, but um, yeah, yeah I, I sort of I've had the that it that's that's what it has felt like at times. I get to the end of the day researching something for one of my books or one of my meditations or whatever, and. I feel like my whole studio is in disarray. Like if I had physical, if I had the physical books around me that I had just been through on the internet, there'd be pages everywhere. And 
and and like I look at my notebooks and there's like weird notes that I can't even decipher anymore because <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about, like what I was looking up at the time. So that's mm-hmm. my real life insight today. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I've been there too. I don't do it that much, but I, I get it because I've done it on occasion. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that happens all the time, but like every now and then. Right. Uh, mine was the, uh, I think I already mentioned that I, I used how Aunt Pole seemed to be so spiteful. That's how I interpreted this is that she did it out of spite, like giving this woman her sight back just to like prove a point mm-hmm. to be like, you're not gonna. And I guess she had a good reason because she was kind of bothering people with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but still was really spiteful, I felt. And I used to kind of react that way to people when they would make me angry or irritated and I would just say or do something just to spite them. And like, say, no, like I get the last word in this. Um, <laughs> and obviously that wasn't a good way to go about things. I don't do that anymore. But when I was younger, I think it's yeah. normal when you're younger. And I think there's also an element of protection in there. Like Garen is to all intents and purposes her son. So you mess yeah. with my son and I will yeah. I will right. mess you up, lady. <laughs> That's true too. You know. I can't say that I wouldn't do it if somebody like threatened my You would totally do it. You would pull an art pole in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With my children. I've had the urge to do it to other children when I've seen them threatening my children. I'm like, no. Yeah, little shit. Child. <laughs> they are just a child. You cannot say anything. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so see, it's, it's like still in there. I just usually keep it in there. I don't yeah. actually act on it. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, we've come to the Prophecy Speaks. You want to use your book first? Yeah. Okay. So I, so I think that what is my, what is my question? I don't want to know if I should choose one thing or the other. What I want to know is the attitude I should take to move through whatever happens. Like the thing that would be most you know, the, the, the best way for me to be inside myself while I'm sort of moving through whatever the hell this thing is that I'm moving through, you know, that will just help me. I don't know. Do you have, can you ask me the question and then I'll answer? <laughs> well, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, from going through something that seems almost exactly the same just with different you know details like what what is the real decision you need to make here you don't need to choose between one or the other that's the one but what is the real decision that needs to be made what is the actual thing i'm dealing with Mm -hmm. back and forth yeah okay so okay that's good what am I actually dealing with? Okay. So I'm reading, I'm going to use a book called The Emotion, the Emotion Thesaurus, A Writer's Guide to Character Expression um, by Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi. Puglisi. Sounds like a good one. Fearlessness. <laughs> Holy I love shit. The eyebrow. <laughs> Eyebrows classic. <laughs> okay. So what this book is is a list. It's a it's a writer's tool for writing about emotion in our books. And the page that I've opened up is fearlessness, feeling dauntless in the face of intimidation, fear, and challenge. 
physical signs and behaviors, a calm exterior, strong eye contact, a neutral expression, the head steady, etc. Internal sensate, and there's a there's a huge list. I'll just I'll close my eyes and point to one and read it out. Being direct, oh shit, example. <laughs> Someone out for being rude or wasting time. <laughs> ah shit. Internal sensations, a tightness in the chest that one mentally forces to loosen. Tingling and lightheadedness, a rushing around the ears, muscles tightening in the torso. I've had all of those things. Okay, I'm going to read one more thing out to do with this. And pointing, pointing. Acute or long-term responses for this emotion. Doing what's right rather than what's easy. Yeah. I'm not reading it anymore. Go away. No. <laughs> it oh. says Dumbledore says you have to choose what right, what's right, Harry, not what's easy. Damn it. Something like that. So I'm dealing with fear. Yeah. So the decision must be around becoming fearless. And I think it doesn't matter which decision I make, whatever one it is, it's the prevarication that's causing me the problem. The feeling like, whatever I do won't be okay. Like I'm a, and it's, and I'm afraid of something. There's something I'm afraid of. So that's where I'll go. I'll go into the fear and find out what's there. Yeah. That sounds good. Thank you. <clears throat> I like that book though. I'm going to have to pick one up for myself. That'd be useful to have. It's excellent. Because I saw that's one of the things I am not good at writing is emotion. Oh, well, I guess that's not true. I struggle with like descriptions, describing settings and stuff. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, my prophecy, I decided to go into my own book this time because Excellent. it's funny as I, as I delve into this, I don't even know what you call it, like consciousness work, I guess. And as I was reading through the Raven Dreams, and I know it's all like filtered through this this book, The Wonder Soul, that I wrote. Like I, I read stuff from other books and I'm like, holy shit, I wrote that in my book. Like <laughs> and I, I was always there all along. I just wouldn't I didn't know how to make sense of it. So I'm gonna pull some wisdom from myself today. Um I actually don't have anything pre-planned of what I wanna ask though. I know. Um, in regards to this this new venture I had put up there, but I'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not a secret or anything, but I've had this like like I use angel cards, um, and this card kept coming up for me that did not make any sense. I don't consider myself a children person. My own kids are hard enough for me to deal with, mm -hmm. but I kept pulling this card up. I can't remember what it was, but it was basically saying that. You are going to do something that is going to lead children, help them learn, help them grow and help them love themselves type stuff. And I'm just like, ah. and I just kept throwing it off. <laughs> and then one day I was at my, my daughter's talent show and I'm watching the different types of kids up there. And she was, she was up there too. But I was watching all the different types and I'm just, it started like clicking together for me at, at all these ideas that I'll talk about later, but I started to be like, holy shit, that's what that card was talking about. And now I have this like strong pull to like do these workshops to work with children who are how I, how I was growing up. But, oh, like, thank you. That's it, exciting. Yeah. The quiet, like misfit type who doesn't have a way to express and to use stories, like have them help them guide them to rate their own little stories. I have a feeling a bit emotional. Yeah. Oh, I did too beautiful. when I first, yeah. And, and then I started thinking this is a great way to let my kids into my world even more because they can come with me and help me run these things, you know? Yeah. So now that I'm just, now I'm just dealing with the fear because I, I don't, I've never worked with kids before. I've never 
you know, I've, I've never done any kind of public speaking, which this would be, even though it's with kids, because parents would be there too. Um, and the fear of judgment, I guess, of what the parents would think of me because of the extent I'm going to take this, uh-huh. using, you know, you know how I am with fiction and fantasy in our real lives and stuff. So I guess my question is, is how to go about actually putting this out there. Uh-huh. I kind of want to go through the school to do it, the girls' school, but then I kind of don't. Um, should I just do it on my own completely or ask for the school's help or library help or something? Something like that. We'll see what comes. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Just read it out. Just read it out. <laughs> okay. The older paramedic with a bushy beard and dark skin responded. You have to remember to eat, Rose. If this keeps happening, we'll need to take you to a home where you can be monitored. Nonsense, Charles, Grant said. Callie and Colin are here. They watch over me. Where were they today? The man named Charles asked. Both Colin and Callie looked guilty. Charles took notice. It doesn't matter, but they can't always be around to watch you, Rose. You have to remember to eat. Gran nodded. So Gran and Rose are the same person. Um, so Gran looked over to Zoe. Is that mint tea? <laughs> Zoe walked over and handed the cup to Gran. She sniffed it gratefully and took a sip. Um, I don't know. I don't think I need to read anymore on this page. Okay. So. It's very subtle. Um, Something in the, um, let's see, where he says it doesn't matter, but they can't always be around to watch you. I I got the same one. I got the same bit. (laughs) That's the only line that really jumped out to me in all of this. And I, um, so forget about the rest of it. Yeah, I know. I just like. If that had to relate to something, what would it be? Uh, I would, uh, what's coming up for me is that they can't always be around to watch you. Is that you, you, I still feel the, the need that I need other people's support or approval um, when I have ideas. And that maybe going through the school isn't isn't necessarily what I want because I don't know because Do I don't need their support. Can I tell you what, I, what what's popping up for me? Yeah, go it's ahead. Trying into the comment you made about the parents watching you, <clears throat> and yeah. you can't always, you know, they can't always be around to watch you. Right. It's like, as you were talking about it before, it didn't matter that they were around to watch you because you were there for the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's true because I have a huge fear of, of telling the school about this because of the fact that I know so many parents there. And if they showed up to one of these, like, I feel like my fear would just be like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to give what I would give if it wasn't involving them. And which look, is obviously it's not my the only problem. school in the city. I know. It's not, but I just figured um it would be the easy place to start, but you know, really yeah, what is what is right and what is easy, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, I guess it's a really interesting one. But I can it's very subtle. But, but it challenges you to give yourself permission to do things. Yeah. And that's what this has been bringing up for me is really like, oh, man, this is like my last step into being truly like just telling the world this is who I am. The fact that I have believe in this so strongly that I'm going to try to be the whole point of this is to work with kids before the world gets to them to help them like really keep that imagination there. Mm-hmm. to really believe in themselves without other kids destroying that 
like they did for me when I was a kid. So yeah, that's that's exactly what it is coming up. So. I look forward to witnessing your progress. Yeah, it is exciting though. So it'll be exciting to see what happens. That's very cool. Keep it updated on, on here. Oh yes, 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 you will. <sighs> okay. Okay. Prediction. Prediction. Last week, let's see if I was close. No, I was really like not <laughs> focused. Well, last really, week. really, really, really not close. I said they will leave Cherik to face the dangers on the road. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You were really not close. <laughs> yeah, I was just completely out of it last week because so much was like happening around me. I didn't know. Okay. Uh, so what's this week? This week. Because it's the last chapter coming up, I'm going to assume we're going to end with a shocking cliffhanger. There's a venture away from Cherik, and I'm going to guess that it's going to be something like a really deep betrayal, or even, I don't know if this book's ever going to go this way, but I'm going to say murder. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, we should find out. And I didn't write any hashtags down because I really love the hashtag you wrote down. So, awesome. darling listeners, if you have come all the way to the end of this episode and you're still with us, please reach out to us on social media with the hashtag Two Edged Miracles. Let us know if you do your own prophecy. Say hi. Just connect with us. Head over to Facebook. We're having some lovely conversations there. Or Alicia is on Instagram. And you can find all of the details at our website, belgaridandbeyond.goddesskindle.com, in the show notes for this episode. Yeah. I, I have to, like, just jump in because it's been – the Instagram thing is kind of hanging on me because I haven't really been able to, like, do it. Yeah. Um. And so I don't know, like, I just don't, social media, me are just not vibing at all. Well, I mean, we can just hang out on, on Facebook. So yeah, I'm going to leave the account up there. Cause I'm sure there'll be moments where I'm like, I just have to share this. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't intend to like it be a weekly thing on Instagram. Okay. Um, well, okay. I will, yeah. I will do my best to be no, no, more no. active you know what? on the Facebook page. Don't worry about um, stressing yourself out about it. I mean, no. I think that having... No, I, I think that the Facebook page is actually more interactive anyways. And I've so, been getting a little bit of interaction on Twitter as well. So oh, nice. I've been trying to get the Twitter know. feed up to date, but I haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I just want to jump in. Like if I see comments on the Facebook page and stuff to just try to be more interactive there is my goal. Okay. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, just just look for the Facebook page and that's where we'll be. Excellent. And if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be fabulous. Or wherever you listen to us, just leave us a review. And actually, it's really tricky to find those reviews. So if you do leave us a review and you like really like us, chuck chuck a review a copy of it in the Facebook page. Like you can do that. You can recommend us on like review the Facebook page and then we can actually see your beautiful words and appreciate the hell out of you. Right. Cause we've had a review sitting on iTunes for like two months now and didn't even know it. One lonely so little just... review. <laughs> yeah. But it was five stars. So that's good. Right. To be able to know that you have put a review up. And maybe at some point we should even do like a little, like if you leave a review, you know, you get something. If you leave a review on our Facebook page, we will read it out on the show. Yeah. We will mention you on the show, my darlings. Okay. So get in there on the Facebook page, review your little asks off, ask questions. Maybe we can have a like every now and then answer one of your questions on the show. That would be cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So that's what we'll do. 
And that's the end of the show. Yeah, one more chapter to go. <laughs> yeah, one more chapter. And then we're at the end of the first book. We've done a whole book after that. So tune in next week to find out how the book ends. See you guys next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>